Welcome to We're All Mad Here, a podcast aimed at dismantling the stigma surrounding mental health conditions, opening a discussion, and facilitating understanding one story at a time. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an amazing online psychology service, and what makes them different is that all you need to do is answer a few questions online to let them know what you're struggling with, and they'll find you a therapist who's specialized and effective in what you need. No running around or making phone calls or Googling. You can go to betterhelp.com slash allmadhere and you'll even get a discount on your first session. Amber is a trans female data analyst from Newcastle, Australia, who experiences dissociative identity disorder. She was diagnosed at age 25 and has since been working to increase her understanding and acceptance of her identities. This condition has been primarily referred to as multiple personality disorder in the past. There's a large amount of misinformation out there about the condition. Today, Amber will be helping us to understand and give her perspectives on how this condition has impacted her life. Enjoy. Hi, Amber. Welcome to the podcast. Hi there. So to start off, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Certainly. Um, I'm 41 years old. I live in Australia. Um, I'm a multiple, which means I have multiple personalities, um, which I started noticing when I was about 15, Um, started working deeply with it when I was about 23. So I've been working with it and helping other people process through it for about 20 years now. I'm sure our listeners would be really interested to know and understand a bit more about dissociative identity disorder. Um, do you refer to your condition as a disorder or do you prefer a different terminology? No, I, I don't think it's any more of a disorder than, than being gay or trans or any of those sorts of things. I think it's just different. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's more of a skill. When disassociative identity disorder only really occurs if you've had a lot of extended childhood trauma and it's a way of your brain being able to cope. Uh, so it's uh, definitely not a disorder. It's more like a, uh, a superpower. Can you give us a rundown on what this superpower is like? <laughs> yes. Well, now that I've been working with it for quite a while, and initially when you first start off, you wake up and it's been two or three days and you don't remember what's happened. Um, but it's not like you've been sitting in a coma or anything. There's all sorts of interesting things that have happened in the last two days. You've, you've got a whole bunch of people that will come up to you and start talking to you as if you're best friends and you don't remember them. Um, as it progresses, though, um, you can actually have access to a whole bunch of different people with different skill sets. So I have a four-year-old who has photographic memory. I have a, an 18-year-old who has extremely fast reflexes. I have males, I have females, I have people that are gender neutral, I have someone who's really good at meditating, and you can sort of combine all these skills. If, if I particularly need to go to the gym and I don't want to go to the gym, I've always got someone who'd be interested in doing a gym workout for me. So it's like having a whole team of people where someone's going to be there to want to do the task, whatever the task is. So do you have conscious control over uh, calling forth your different identities? It's funny. I think people that are singles would assume that you would have control over calling forth your identities, where really it's a lot like living in a shared house with a bunch of housemates. You 
I don't have any control over what anyone else does, um, and I don't necessarily have any memory about what anyone else does. What I can do, though, is be really good friends with everyone, work on our relationships, and ask them for help. And so what I've done is make sure that I focus really, really hard on getting everyone's needs met, so we all know we're one cohesive team. And then I can say, hey, I need some help, and there'll be about three or four people jump in. That's fascinating. So you said you became aware of uh, aware of and began working with it around 23 years ago. Is that right? When I was 23. When you were 23. So what do you classify as working with it? Because obviously up until that time, it had been more difficult for you? Yeah. I, um, I first realized something was going on when I was about 15. I would wake up at different places. Um, one fairly extreme one that I couldn't explain, I, I'd woken up two, three days later and I was checking a book out of the library at school. Um, and I looked down and I was fully dressed. I wasn't hungry. I wasn't thirsty. And I realized that for the last two, three days, someone had been looking after my body to the point where they even had a preference of which library books they were going to check out. And I thought, well, someone's looking after me when I'm not here, when I'm unconscious. That, um, I, I didn't really have any words for it. But over the next few years, I felt like more and more that this this entity was trying to possess my body and I was trying to fight it and clearly it was trying to fight me until I hit 23 and stumbled upon a website. The internet was fairly new back then and it was it had a, a, a discussion that you could go through with how to actually maybe start talking to you, your different personalities if you have DID. And I, I used that and sort of said, I, I typed out on notepad on the computer and said, what do you want? And I waited and about five seconds later, my hands just possessed like little marionette puppets, took over the keyboard and wrote to kill you. And I'm like, whoa, hang on a second. And But I found out that this person thought I was trying to kill them and they were trying to fight for their own life. And after over the course of 15, 20 minutes, we realized that we really need to work together and we discussed what sort of personality we each have, what things we like and dislike, and we ended up figuring out, well, I'm better at social situations, they're better at doing certain menial tasks, so we'll just work together as a team. So, Do you think that for uh, people with this condition who don't learn to work with it, it might be a very scary thing? It would be terrifying. So do you think that the technique of learning to work with it is taught in psychological treatment enough? I, I don't. I think um, I, I'm in Australia and when you go to pretty much any therapist in Australia and you say, I'm pretty certain I have DID, most of them will sort of discount that and say, well, you don't. It doesn't really exist. There's a lot of argument whether it really exists. It's a little bit like going to someone and saying, I think I'm gay. And they're like, well, no, you're not. Gay isn't real. And you're like, well, I know I'm gay. And then in the same way, I know I have multiple personalities. Um, so it's hard to even find someone who will even be willing to work with you. And I think most of the research that's been done has been done on some exceptionally extreme cases. Like it's not your average run-of-the-mill, you've got 10 personalities, you had some childhood trauma and you really just need to get everyone working together. It's normally that they picture hundreds of different personalities completely incapable of having a normal everyday life. 
I work full time. I have a family. Like it's it's not as debilitating as what I think they make make out. Do you think the concept of identity uh, is even a realistic one? Because people who are single personalities or single identities, we have a range of personality manifestations as well, wouldn't you say? So I wonder if identity is even very fixed, even in single personality people. What are your thoughts on that? When you're a parent, you you go into parent mode, and then when the kids are asleep, suddenly you're in relationship mode with, with your partner, and then you go to work, and you're definitely not in relationship mode when you're at work. It's quite serious. Um, and then you'll be playing with your friends on the weekend and you might be playing a sport and you're in a completely different mode. Um, what I've found interesting is that after repeated trauma, DID is actually quite common. It's not like it's only occurred three times in the history of human beings. So I'm thinking that we're all predisposed to having this uh, little subcompartments of personality that we all have. And when you go through trauma, I think that just the, there's, there's a lot more um, separation that happens in those compartments. And your brain learns to separate. It's the same thing as if you've been in a traumatic car accident and you wake up and the next day you can't remember anything about the whole day. The entire afternoon's a blank. Your brain is really, really good at blocking off traumatic sections so that you don't have access. And when that happens repeatedly as a child, our natural brain that everyone has get separated in a way that just makes it a lot more extreme. Yeah, so uh, you bring up the trauma aspect. Do you think that's a common uh, element in most cases of DID? I haven't met a single person that has had DID without some sort of trauma. Um, And it doesn't have to be, I mean, often you hear the stories of abuse and sexual abuse especially. But I've met people that used to um, spend days and weeks in hospitals um, alone, terrified as little kids because they were really, really sick and they developed DID from that. Um, The DID can be – it's really just any sort of situation that is so scary and terrifying that your brain wants to block it out. If you're exposed to that for a long period of time, then your brain can decide that it's going to disassociate to the point where it's going to start – living out of certain subsections of your brain instead of living out of the entire of your brain. So you were actually the reason why I started this podcast. I saw an amazing comment that you left on a Facebook video about a woman who had DID, and you were describing your experience of DID as a superpower. I'd really like to explore that concept a bit more because what you said really captivated me. You said that if you're not feeling like doing the dishes, you can you know, bring forth a a personality that feels like doing the dishes. And I thought to myself, how fabulous. Can you tell us maybe some interesting stories about having this superpower? Definitely. Um, I think one, one way to understand it as a superpower is imagine if you were put in a situation where every single limb in your entire body was handcuffed except for one hand. And you had to fight your way out of a situation, and it lasted three or four years. Like that hand and that arm might become extremely strong. You might have really fast reflexes, and then you have another part of you where you're completely unable to do anything physically, but you can only use the power of your mind to escape something. And just how strong your mind would get. 
And when you start connecting all these parts together that have survived these awful situations with only a fragment of your mind, they've had to use whatever they've got at their disposal. So they become really, really strong at what they do. Um, I have had situations where I was driving in the rain, um, I hit a roundabout, I lost control of the car, and I was pretty much just screaming, except I'm sitting here watching my hands slam me into reverse, um, do like a reverse 180-degree turn, get the car back on the road, get me back in drive. I'm driving along, still screaming, and then all of a sudden, I, it's like the person's gone, okay, settle down, you can have control back now. And, and these sorts of things just happen. And I, I, I was hopeless. I would have crashed into everything, but part of me just steps up instantly when I need it and does whatever it, it's needed to happen. I've had some times in my life where I've, I've hurt myself and I've freaked out and I've had parts of my personality just sort of very quietly take over, very quietly just look after myself, make sure I'm safe, and then they relegate that control back to me after they've looked after me. So it's, it's very much like having a team of specialists at your disposal anytime you need it who just step in and take over. And Sense8, the television series, is a really good example of that. Different people with lots of different skill sets swapping and taking over when different people need it. So you said you've you've worked to help some help people to recognize this superpower in themselves. What kind of help have you given to other people related to DID? The number one thing with DID is that it's designed to trick your mind into thinking you don't have DID. Your your brain doesn't want you to remember the thing that it's trying to hide from you. It doesn't want you to remember that afternoon where you had a car accident. So it hides it from you. And it's very difficult to go and get that memory. But So what I've noticed is that a lot of people with DID, they will be a complete hot mess. They will know they're a hot mess. They will have all these people that come up to them and call them various names. They have big gaps in their memory. They've gone into their bedroom one morning and all of a sudden the entire thing's been changed around and they won't know why. Like all these very obvious signs that something they're doing is happening to them and they don't want to really admit it. So step one is sitting down with them and just getting them to admit what's really going on. And then from there, you say, well, if you've got multiple personalities, how about you chat with them? And they go, well, I have. This person, I've, I've, I've met this person, they scared me, and I don't want to talk to them anymore. It's like, so that it's difficult to work with people at first, but once you help them realize that this is your mind, it's not some horrible person taking you over, it's you. And it's important that you become friends with you. So I think the first step is starting the conversation. The next step is all, is then explaining who you are and how you work, what your likes and dislikes are, and listening, and forming some sort of teamwork. After you've got that teamwork happening, you can then start combining your skills. Maybe someone's got really beautiful handwriting, and someone else is really good at organizing time. Someone else is great at chatting to people, and you could become a famous writer, or whatever it is. But you need to start with the conversation and be willing to face that scary shadow side of yourself. How has having DID affected your personal relationships? <laughs> well, I'm Polly. I'm polyamorous. I 
currently have multiple relationships and that works really well for me because I have multiple different personalities that have that we're all very different I have I have little kids who are four and it's you're not going to expect them to be able to have some sort of relationships with people I also have people that are really quiet I have people that are really noisy I have people that are highly mathematical other people that are really chaotic and it would probably be difficult for a normal single person to be able to understand, navigate that whole entire thing. So I tend to have relationships with a number of different people because a number of different aspects of me are drawn and attracted to different sorts of people. I make sure my partners are aware of this beforehand and before we start dating. Um, but I've I've got had some really awesome partners who have taken the time to get to know me and just enjoy me for who I am. Uh, rather than have, you can't really date anyone who's got these strong expectations that you're going to have kids at this particular time frame, and you're going to get a mortgage, and you're going to get a house, and that doesn't work because we're we're way too chaotic. But we're very very intriguing and interesting. There's a lot of misinformation out there about what was formerly called multiple personality disorder. Um, you know, there there is a lot floating around that is actually pretty disrespectful to individuals who uh, experience this. Is there something that you would tell people uh, that is sort of correcting a myth about this condition? I, I think the movie Split is a, is a great example. Someone's got multiple personalities, so clearly they must be a serial killer. I think that's the, one of the most ridiculous ones I've heard. Um, people with DID tend to be really, really caring and really kind. They don't want to hurt anyone. They don't want to lash out. And often they're not protecting themselves as kids. So they tend to turn inward. And their brains literally just fragment and smash into pieces because that is kinder than attacking and damaging the person. So you find that most of the people with DID are actually extremely empathetic, very, very kind, very, very caring. Um, but also very, very strong and powerful. I think the other end of the scale is people think we're sort of these pathetic people that always need help. And it's like here's a kid who's three years old who survived some of the most traumatic stuff you could ever imagine. They did it by themselves. So we're very, very strong. And I think working with someone who is a multiple, it's really important that you empower them as I just like who you are, I love who you are, I think you've got this and working with them to understand what skills and abilities they have as opposed to trying to box people in boxes. I, th I think, yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it. Are there any resources that you've found particularly helpful along your journey to embracing uh, DID in your life? That's been very hard. Most of the psychology out there, um, from what I've found, is very, very basic. It's a very short blurb of one or two paragraphs that says DID, formerly known as multiple personality disorder, is a disorder where there is this and this and this. And it's a very serial packet view of DID. There's nothing out there that's easy to find that goes into detail of, well, how do you work with it? 
And often what they'll just say is, well, you have to go see a psychiatrist or a psychologist to work with it. But even doing that, psychiatrists and psychologists have done a couple of weeks at uni. Maybe they've met one or two DID people. It would be the equivalent of me doing a couple of weeks of uni of learning a language and then trying to teach people how to speak that language. It's just not possible. I found a, a great resource, which is Christian, which I found really interesting. Um, gentleman uh, in Australia, uh, NetBurst, if you wanted to Google that, um, NetBurst DID MPD. He has hundreds and hundreds of pages of really useful stuff. And I think one of the things that can happen when you've got DID, especially in religious settings, is you can be a bit demonized as maybe someone who needs lots of extra help or maybe you're demon-possessed. And he realized that even Christian people need to understand um, that there's some problems that are going on that can be addressed and you can actually work with them and be really successful. I'm personally not religious at all, but I found a lot of his stuff really good. Um, but he's been the only person that I've really found that has been useful. Most of the other support groups are full of people with DID in that very beginner stage of complaining that last night they found that someone had eaten all this cereal and they're not quite sure what to do with it. So you don't, it's very difficult to get help. Uh, there's not really any resources. If anyone finds out any psychiatrists who are great with working at it, who go past that very first stage of getting people to talk, and actually can figure out how to get those skills really working, then I would love to hear about it. But zero at this stage, other than Grantly. So you you actually work with people to help them, is that right? And in, in what capacity do you do that? It's I've met lots of different people on the internet, uh, lots of different people in real life. Um, I don't have any formal qualifications, but I. Exactly. It would be like a farmer who's been farming for 20 years and you go and have a chat and they go, well, I don't have any qualifications in farming, but I sure know how to farm. Um, and I don't think you need qualifications to have – I think it probably is a lot easier to have a chat with someone one-on-one -on -one if you're not a professional. You don't have to cover yourself like professionals would. Um, I just absolutely love encouraging people to have that chat and to work together because it's separation within your own mind is a lot like probably bullying in high school. You end up with lots of different sections all fighting each other and you'll never, ever, ever be able to just live a normal day getting things done. You decide that you're going to get the car keys and go get in the car and all of a sudden someone's stolen the car keys and hidden them from you. And it's, it's completely impossible to work with it unless you decide that you're going to have each other's backs 100%. So the reason I ask that is because I would love to be able to give contact information so that if anybody is struggling with things, then they, they might uh, reach out to you. So we can, we can discuss that, and I'll put a link to whatever you would like me to in the description of the podcast. Absolutely. That sounds fantastic. I'd love to chat to anyone who is even wondering if they have DID. The cool thing is, is that you can use these techniques whether or not you've got DID, and they work for people even if they're singles. This is great stuff, even like connecting with your inner child. Well, it's been absolutely fascinating to speak with you, Amber. I 
I so appreciate you coming on and sharing your expertise and your wisdom about this condition, which I, I believe is, is highly misunderstood. And as you say, not, not enough information is out there about DID. So I really appreciate you speaking so eloquently on it and helping us to understand it a bit better. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved being able to chat and have people get to know someone with DID a little bit better. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye.